This episode of the Pursuit Podcast is presented by Fisher Skis. Okay, I just hit record. I've got a hot cup of coffee here. I'm going to ramble till this coffee is gone. Uh, I've perused Reddit, mountain bike forums, got some hot takes. I've reached out to the internet, Instagram. We'll see how many answers I get from that, responses I got from that. I texted some friends for some hot takes. You know, on The Pursuit, you guys hear me talk a lot, but I don't necessarily tell you my opinion. Sometimes I do, but if I have a certain guest or, you know, I'm, I'm there, it's about the guest, or at least I want the episodes to be about the guest and not about me. But you know what? This episode right here, this one's about me and only me. So let's see how it goes. If you hate it, please tell me, slide into my DMs and tell me that I'm awful. That's one of my favorite things about the internet is that you can hide behind your avatar and tell me that I'm garbage. Uh, but really, tell me something I don't know about myself or tell me something you love about these episodes or you hate about the episodes or, you know, act shut, shut up and just, just listen. We don't care about you. We only want to hear from guests on your show. I don't know. We'll see how this one goes. Like I said, full cup of coffee. I've got some notes. I'm just going to ramble and we'll take it from there. So this is where I'm going to start. And this comes from my good friend, Evan DeGlopper. And his hot take is the term down country is stupid. I mean, let's look up the term down country first. So I guess the best way to define it is to define a down country bike. And a down country bike is a lightweight, lightweight, XC style frame with added travel, trail friendly geometry, and wider knobby tires. The result bikes that recover cover ground extremely fast, but will enable you to charge down descents. I get it. I mean, down country is it is it a is it a dumb word? No, is it a category we need? I don't know. I don't know if it's a category we need anymore. I'm not a huge bike nerd, but Everyone I've talked to, every bike that I've ridden that's longer travel, I'm talking 160 travel, these bikes pedal. They've figured it out. So I don't know if we need those those 130 bikes anymore. You know, does my Revel Rascal climb as well as the current Revel Rail 29? And some would argue it does. So is the word down country stupid? Possibly. But I don't. I think the word side country is stupid too. If you're entering, if you're leaving a resort, you are in the back country. So down country, I think it's a neat category of bikes. And what I think it's really done is help a lot of these cross country bros and chicas and homies get into something that's a little more fun, a little more slack, and it's it's made mountain biking fun for them. But I don't know. I don't. I don't, I don't really know. I have no clue, and I never I never will. Flats versus clipless. I want to talk about this because I just converted. So I was on clipless, then I went flats, and I was a big flats guy. And someone told me flat pedals are the two-stroke dirt bikes of the mountain bike industry, the mountain bike world, and that is always stuck in my head. But the power and control you get from clipless is unbelievable and being in sync and in tune with your machine is pretty impressive i do want to stop calling them clipless though i get it i know the history i know where it comes from if you don't you can google it but come on man like let's just call them clip 
clipped in, clip pedals. Because everyone who says it, and every beginner, every amateur, everyone who's not comfortable with their scene says clipless, and then they explain why it's clipless. We all know, we all get it, but like, let's just, let's call them clipped, clip-ins, clip, it's not clipless. That's not, it doesn't exist, I'm telling you, this is, we need to evolve. I'll tell you what, I do think flats have more grip. I don't know, like... I have less left and right movement and I want to dabble on the plastic versus metal uh, flats because I, you know, composite flats versus metal, same amount of grip guys. I've tested it. I reviewed it. I have been meaning to write an article about it, but same amount of grip. I would think that with metal, flat pedals I would get more grip than like a composite pedal but it's the same grip what changes is the durability so if you're riding dirt and roots you can really save money and get a composite pedal because it doesn't matter they're not going to get banged up or like and the grip is the exact same so I don't know I don't know where I'm going with that that's it that's just it I'm just I'm there and that's how I feel about it gravel versus cyclocross versus road can we just get rid of road bikes and all ride gravel bikes and have fun cyclocross i don't know you guys are in your own world you can have it i think i'm happy for you uh but i don't want to i don't want to learn about anything that you guys do in the park on a saturday morning what a bizarre sport but then again guys the whole point of going outside and doing things on Saturday mornings is to get out and live your life and do things you enjoy. So I'm a hypocrite and I maybe don't get cyclocross, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't enjoy it. If you guys want to go and like pick your bike up and like run over things, that's cool. And anyone who rides cyclocross, if you bunny hop the thing, the features, hell yeah, that rules. Gravel. Gravel's like the most exciting. I I'm, I could be wrong on this, but I'm gonna I'm gonna argue that it's the largest growing category in biking right now, and there's a reason for it. Gravel bikes are like what mountain bikes used to be. For anyone who's older than thirty, you guys remember these times. It's so funny, and it's so neat to see these gravel events. And I'm gonna say that gravel. Out of all of our professional outdoor sports, seems to have its finger on the pulse more than anyone else. They get it. They understand it. They invite everyone to play. Everyone has a seat at the table. If you're fast or slow or big or small or it doesn't matter. And that's the beauty of it. And it's neat to see this like kind of infant sport just letting people be human it's it's one of my it's it's so much fun and who anyone who hasn't ridden a gravel bike or like gone out on a gravel ride and ridden a bunch of stuff that you shouldn't ride on drop bars please go do it because it's it's the most bizarre insane thing you can ever do on two wheels and i'm gonna say that i think gravel bikes should have suspension I know there's a couple out there and it's starting to evolve. Not a lot of suspension, but like, come on, guys. I got bad wrists. 
Gravel bikes should have suspension. It should exist because remember the end game. There's going to be a reoccurring theme here, friends. The point of going outside is to have fun with your friends. So if the gravel bike wants to have suspension, it should have suspension and everyone should go outside and touch grass. Speaking of going outside, touching grass, no drop rides are the only kind of rides. I'm going to say it again. No drop rides are the only kind of rides. I know we're in this ego filled world. It's intimidating but I don't get it. And I get it a lot. I, I see it a lot. I, I live with it a lot because I have this platform. I have this, I have this podcast and you guys listen to me and you assume that maybe I'm good at biking or I'm good at skiing or I want a ski tour and I want to climb Mount Everest and do these huge, scary lines. But just because I talk about it doesn't mean I'm good at it. And I still have the same fears and concerns of rolling into a group specifically that I've never met in my life. You know, I've met on Instagram and I'm stoked that I get invited to these things and everyone's stoked that they get invited and like, please come ride. And everyone says it's a no drop ride, but is it though? So like, I'm just saying next time you say there's a no drop ride. Don't bullshit me. Don't bullshit me. Don't bullshit me. You heard it. Do not. Don't bullshit me. Don't do it. Let's just be honest about it. I just think everyone should wait. And I'm not talking the New Jersey wait either. When the last person in the pack gets to the top of the hill and then the person who's the fastest, who's been at the top and rested for three minutes, takes off. It's not cool. I'm tired of it. I don't want it. I don't want to ride with people who are doing it. And I don't think people should do it. If you want to go hammer, hammer on your own terms. But anytime we're making people feel uncomfortable while doing outside activities, we're doing it wrong. You want to go set your KOM? Great. But don't do it when you're riding with me. Speaking of KOMs, let's talk about Strava, folks. I mean, do we love it? Do we hate it? I just... I got a hot take from my buddy Moose here, Mikey Boyer. The worst thing to happen to mountain biking is Strava. Do I use it? Yes. Is it totally distracting to the whole point of being out there and riding? Yes. I agree with Moose. I like it. I, I honestly just like to know how many miles I rode in a season. Not for any reason, just for my own personal growth. It's fun. It's nice to track. It's great. But man, making everything a competition, again, distracts and defeats the whole point of why we're outside. So I don't know. I, I'm i not here to bash on Strava. It's an, it's an insane app. It has so many things. I, I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. And I, I don't want to just sound like the guy who's like, we don't need any competition. We don't need to do anything. Competition's cool. But like, I don't know. I just, it creates this weird anxiety when I look at my screen. Yeah, I have a screen on my mountain bike, which is another whole hot take of idiocracy. But, and it's like, oh, you just entered a segment. So I like, now I got a hammer when I would have just maybe enjoyed the ride a little more. 
I, I don't know. I don't know. Do we need Strava? Do you think everyone should Strava everything? Or do you think we should just all throw it out and go ride our bikes? I don't have an, I don't have an answer to that. I think it's, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, that's the joys you get when you just have me talking on a pod. There's a lot that I don't know. I don't have the answers to everything. What do you think the biggest hurdle for people getting into mountain biking is? Because I think it goes back to my last statement. It's those no drop rides. I think people are just intimidated. I think they're scary. I think, I think they're scared because there's so much going on with bikes, mountain bikes, gravel bikes. And like, even me, I fall into it. I'm part of the problem. But like, guys, here's a message. You don't need a $10,000 mountain bike. You do not need a $10,000 mountain bike. Are they cool? Yes. But to just go and ride with your friends, I'm going to argue that you can ride any bike. Will you have a better time on a higher end bike? Yes. Is there a threshold? Yes. Do you need a carbon framed mountain bike? No. I think, and I'm not saying this isn't a lot of money, but I do think for $3,000, you can get yourself a great mountain bike that is going to make mountain bike riding fun. And you'll be sitting, standing, riding, tailgating, with all of your friends who are on their ten to $12,000 mountain bikes, and you'll be having just as much fun. That being said, if you go to the local Target and pick up a mountain bike and go riding, you might not have as much fun as everyone else because gear does matter. But there is a threshold on how much good gear you actually need. And I interrupt myself talking for a quick shout out to a brand new sponsor. They just hopped on and I'm super excited to tell you about our friends over at Rocky Talkie. What are Rocky Talkies? They're backcountry radios designed by a small team from Denver. Their mission is to get adventurers, mountain bikers, skiers, climbers, the confidence to push their limits in the backcountry through improved communication. Mountain biking, you let the riders know when to drop, point out the best line, stay in touch. Rocky Talkies are designed with a rugged, glass-free, shatterproof LED screen. They transmit the maximum power legally allowed for use without a license. Range one to five miles in the mountains, depending on the specific terrain. Battery life is absolutely insane. Three to five days at negative 20 degrees. So like, I don't last that long. So they outlast you. They've got a built-in Mammut ultralight carabiner. They're easy to use. No setup required. It's my favorite thing about these things. They just, you turn them on out of the box, you hand one to your buddy, and they're ready to use. Even as brand new radio. Straight out the box, turn them on, ready to go. They're, they have a waterproof hand mic accessory i really like it for backcountry skiing i don't really need it when i'm mountain biking i just clip the carabiner onto my hip i don't even know it's there if i get lost from my friends if i make a left they make a right we can communicate it's clean and simple so here's what we're going to do for you listeners 
head on over to rockytalkie.com forward slash out of 10. You're going to save yourself 10% on some brand new Rocky Talkies. These things, they I, they literally go everywhere with me. It's I've trashed them, I've smashed them, and they haven't broke, they haven't shattered. I don't even know they're there. They're my go-to accessory that I bring everywhere now. Again, that's rockytalkie.com forward slash out of 10. R-O-C-K-Y-T-A-L-K-I-E dot com forward slash out of 10. And we have to give a shout out to our friends over at Rumple, rumple.com. Guys, you know them same techie materials that, you know, all your puffers are made out of? Our friends over at Rumple, they make blankets out of them. They're, I, I'm telling you, like, I, it's the blanket that lives in my car. I've got one in my van. I used it to stack bikes recently, so I didn't smash the bikes. They're durable. They're dirt resistant. They're water resistant. They're flame retardant. That Like, they go everywhere with me. Duel that up with an everywhere towel. Like, you're good to go for all your summer needs. Quick drying, absorbent, repel. This is my favorite part. Repels sand, stains, and pet hair. So, like, two of my pet pet peeves are sand and pet hair. It repels them. Stains, I'm gross. I can live with that. Head on over to rumple.com. DM us for a code. How about that? There is a link in the show notes below that'll send you right there and give you that discount code. But they've got so many rad things going from beer blankets to everywhere mats, puffy ponchos if you want to make a fashion statement, stuffable pillowcases, some amazing rad collabs with artists. Our friends over at Rumple are doing it all and they're making all weather gear. Back to the episode. Whew, that's a whole nother $2,000 drivetrains. Come on, guys. Do I want it? Yes. Why? I don't know. Also, can we talk about the the, the SRAM transmission for a second? Because I get it. I want it. But the reviews and everyone reviewing it and doing it and talking about it and even SRAM's like some of their marketing, they're like hitting it with a hammer. When, what are that like, hey, what can, how can we advert? How can we show that this thing's like sick? Why don't we hit it with a hammer? It's never going to happen. And I get what they're trying to show. It's durable. It's tough. It's got clutching in there. It fires right back. But like, guys, we're not going to hit it. You're not going to hit your mountain bike with a hammer. It's just not going to happen. And and I will say, I like derailleur hangers. They are replaceable. Very cheap to replace and easy to replace. So getting rid of it, I don't know how I feel about it. Time will tell. Time will tell. But it is funny. It's marketing. It's advertising. And we do it here at the podcast. It's our jobs. We're part of it. Um, But just note, you don't have to get everything. Find what works for you. Do your research. Read reviews. People put a lot of time into reviews. We've been really pushing our reviews. So read them. Give feedback. Speaking of feedback and reading reviews, what do you guys want to see in a review? What makes a review special? What makes you actually care and go buy something? Because I've been trying to answer that question for myself, and I don't really know. And I'm a review guy. Uh, when I buy products, I like to look at reviews. I like to, And I don't know what that determining factor is. If someone says it sucks, 
but someone else says it's awesome, what makes me buy that product when, you know, when there's differential opinions? So I'm really trying to figure that out and I would really love some feedback on it because I, it's a, I don't, I don't know the answer and I really, really, really wish I did. Oh man, I'm on Instagram right now. I know I shouldn't be, but I've got a lot of hot takes. 50 plus tooth cassette is overkill from our friends over at Ski the East. I have to agree with you, but, but I can tell you I relied on that 52 tooth cassette a lot when I started mountain biking. And I guess if you don't have it, you don't need it. You just don't know what you don't know. But man, that super mega overdrive gear definitely gets you through some days. Some of those big punchy climbs. I don't know. I Do we need it? No, it's overkill. 100%. It's absolute, absolute, absolute overkill. But what do you want? 49 is okay and 51 is not or 52 yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess you just get stronger, right? You know, what is the famous quote? It's like mountain biking never gets easier. You just get faster. Or biking. When I say mountain biking, I'm just saying biking in general. Um, Nikki Z MTB has said mountain bike inflation has increased by 300% since COVID. Let's stop this shit. I think it's slowing down Uh, for the first time in the last three years. I know dealers are getting big, big price breaks to bring in high-end bikes, which means they'll be able to relay them to you. Uh, For the first time in a long time, I know that, I don't want to say we, but media and industry folk have been offered pro deals again, actual pro deals and those weren't available for a couple of years. So I think it is, I don't think the prices will go down. I, it just won't, it just won't happen. But I think it'll level out. And I think we're going to start seeing a lot of sales, which is um, always exciting. Like that's, I, I mean, who doesn't love a good sale, right? Skier man, Jack. of people are over-biked. Hardtails rule. Eh, I don't know if I have a... What? 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 Hardtails are the telemark skiing of bikes. It doesn't rule. Hardtails don't rule. Are 90% of people over-biked? 100%. Me included. I fall into that category. Does riding a full suspension bike make my day more enjoyable? 100%. Hardtails do rule and it's harder, but there's a lot of people out there, not saying this is you, skier man, Jack, but you just do it to be weird and to be different. And I get it. You can do it. I've got a buddy, Chris Haas. He rides Killington Mountain Bike Park on his hardtail. He's faster than me. He's better than me on his hardtail. But just because something's harder doesn't make it better because again the whole point of going outside is to have fun with your friends hardtails rule people who are good at it rule but i'm canceling hardtails i'm announcing it right now 
just as I canceled telemark skiing, I am fully putting a declaration of canceling hardtails. You're just doing it so I look at you and I know you're better than me, okay? I get it. You're better than me, skier man, Jack. And I am overbiked, but I need that bike to make me feel good about myself, okay? Dang, Javier Jesus 666, my good buddy, also said, don't need full suspension to have a good time. And that is a good reality check for me. Uh, I do think I have a better time on full suspension because when things are easier, they tend to be more fun. I'm still canceling it. Hardtails are still a telemark skiing of mountain bike, and I'm that's it. That's all I'm going to say about hardtails. Nikki Z MTB 120 mil rear travel is all you need for 99% of the time. I have to agree, but I think these longer travel bikes and geo from these modern bike makers, manufacturers are getting so good that why not have a little more cush? I don't think it hurts us. And please chime in if I'm wrong. I mean, obviously, I'm the only one in this room recording right now, so you can't. But tell me your opinion on it, and maybe I'll do a follow-up episode. But I just think that modern geometry has changed mountain bikes so much that the old days of these big, loopy, 160-mil travel bikes that used to bob and be terrible on the ups are just as good as a downcountry, in air quotes, bike. Sure, if we're comparing it to an XC race frame, sure, yeah, it's not comparable. But like a 120 mil bike with, with modern geometry arguably climbs the same as a 160 mil travel bike with modern geo. That what? is a hot take. And I think I've got the right button for that. It's hot. It's hot. It's hot. Oh, yeah. A little Paris Hilton for everybody. No, I don't know. I, I, are we overbiked? Are we, does everyone need a hardtail or a full suspension? Oh, man. I mean, it's it's a whole thing. And I think, I mean, let's just talk about suspension for a minute. Hardtail, full sus. People spend thousands of dollars on the top of the line suspension when all they really needed to do was dial in the suspension that they have. They set it up wrong. I don't care how good your suspension is. If you don't set it up properly, it's not going to work. So that's, I mean, I think it goes to education on what we need and how to use it. I mean, is a 120 mil, a 120 travel bike set up properly more efficient than a 160 travel bike set up improperly? I would say I would say that's true. Do I have any knowledge to to like base that off of? No. I've no idea. I'm so unqualified for this. I just really like mountain biking. I like riding bikes and I think people should go outside and touch grass. And that's what I'm always going to come back to when it comes to anything on the podcast that I say and do and talk. I'm just somebody who happens to have a platform. And I really just like being outside with my friends. And I love getting my friends, my family into these things. So I think when we get into all these expensive things, it actually deters our friends and family versus just like, dude, anything you can find and ride is the answer. And we'll set it up the best we can and we'll get it right. 
where do people go to learn to set up suspension? Like, is there a is there a place that I can do that? Where can I YouTube? But my thing with YouTube is how do I know how do I know that what they're telling me is correct? Like I preface this. I told you in the beginning of this podcast, I don't know what I'm talking about. So like I'm telling you not to trust me. Don't like I have no idea. But everyone, everyone has an opinion. And when it comes to YouTube and suspension experts, where do you guys go? Who do you listen to? Who do, who has the answers? Who do you want to see on the show and we can talk about it? Because I have no idea. I really don't. Oh, Tyler Burns says, do we really need electronic controlled everything? And I don't think he's talking about e-bikes. I think he's talking about suspension here. Actually, he just sidebarred me and said, this is about suspension. I think we. I think it's a good idea if you have the money. Because again, I don't know how to set things up. So if the electronics can do it, if a robot can dial in my suspension, that seems ideal for me. Because I'm like, oh, what do you set your... What do you set your front fork at? What PSI? And I was like, I, dude, Psy, dude, no idea. I have notes on like what I think they should be at. I don't know if it's right. I have no idea. And every time I ride that like O-ring, it's in a different place. I have no clue. Sag? You want me to set my sag? I got to worry about my skin sagging, let alone like my bike sag. My PSI is set at whatever I pull it out of the van at. Also, can we just talk for a second? Like million dollar tires and like uh, rims, valve stems, and yet none of them, like none of them can just hold air for more than three days. Come on. Like we can't figure this out. Shouldn't be that hard. I've got like a 1983 1984 Honda Big Red three-wheeler and the tires are 30 years old and they hold air. But my carbon wheel set with my reserve valve stems, I got to check the tire pressure in them every other day. What are we doing? How? This is how I feel every time I check my tire pressure. I'm getting Rick rolled by my own bike. How? How doesn't how can't we figure this out? Like we just can't we just can't figure out a way for like literally $2200 rims and $100 tires with a 40 bottle bottle dollar of $40 bottle of like some sealant and we can't get that to hold air. Like arguably a thousand, eleven hundred dollars tied up into a wheel for a mountain bike that's only job is to hold air and it won't do it. How what are we doing? How did we get here? Is tubeless that much better? Honestly, everyone will argue me on this, but like tubes work. If you want to lose weight, eat better because the, the little bit you're taking out, but it's like, oh yeah, you're just running air. No, I'm running air and then a gallon of fluid in there so I can not check my tire pressure every other day. 
also, this is we're getting good. I'm getting into rants now. Also, okay, I dial in my suspension. I get it all perfect. Like, here it is. Pump it. 126 PSI. I don't know if that's the right number. I have no idea. Or maybe it's bar. I don't, I have no idea. I don't care. But then I'm like, okay, it's perfect. And then I like grab my front brake and like push on it. I'm like, yeah, that feels right. Heck yeah. This is exactly where I want to be. I'm going to rip this trail. And then I like undo it. It's like, so like, what's my PSI at now? 80. What did I just do all that for? Can we make valves that maybe like don't leak when you try to take the adapter off? A quick release, perhaps? It's a lot of tech out there, guys. We set our tire pressure. We set our suspension pressure. And then we take the thing off, and it goes, and we it's who knows where it was. So I, that's my that's my PSIA. PSIA. No, my did talk, because I don't know. Also, what kind of car are you guys driving to the trailhead? Because, like, I've got, I, own, I actually own a Sprinter van. This isn't a brag. I don't own a house, guys. I'm not doing that well. I own a Sprinter van, and I've got two, yep, listen to this status, two Toyota Priuses. And I can promise you that the combined price of my Toyota Priuses, Prius size, is less than my mountain bike. So shout out to everyone and anyone who's pulling a ten, twelve thousand dollar mountain bike behind their three to four thousand dollar car. Just a tip of the hat to you, my friends. Your Tacoma, it's got rust holes in it, but <laughs> I'll be damned if I'm not riding a carbon fiber frame and carbon wheel set. My buddy Alex says GX shouldn't be more than 5K on a bike. Well, Alex, you don't get to set the prices, okay? How about that? No, but I think with with transmission and axis being out for a bit, um, I think we're going to see GX start to drop. I mean, that used to be top tier. Now it's third tier. So I think we'll start seeing that. Uh, Anything more than 66 degrees on a head tube is a cross-country bike. I have no idea. Again, I don't know anything about bikes, so let's just cut my opinion right out of that. But I agree, Alex. Absolutely. Mullets were dead for a reason. Mullets are coming back. Uh, Haircuts and bikes. I think if I was good, I'd be on a mullet. I think it's kind of like, how can I be weird and like give someone a talking point? It's like, again, it's like telemark skiing. Like you just want something to talk about. Like no one ever has just ridden their mullet up and just rode. They have to tell you that it's a mullet as if I didn't notice that your wheels are completely different sizes. So I, I do agree. Mullets are dead for a reason, but I think they're coming back. And I think it's just a status thing. And I think it's, uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Suspension makes riding boring and less fun. Michael Brosif. Um, Sorry about anything bad I said about Strava earlier, Michael. Um, I disagree, Mike. I think it makes it more fun. Suspension is fun. I'm not good. Corey Jackson says get some air. Corey Jackson's good at everything. If you guys don't follow him, it's Corey underscore Jackson. He's the best skateboarder, skier, mountain biker, monoboarder, and snowboarder that I've ever met in my entire life. And he's one of the coolest humans you'll ever meet. And he has a kombucha company. You can look him up because he's a great human let's look through all these let's see let's see connor davis our buddy over at eastern adventure said most people could run faster than they bike 
Well, Connor, I'm not most people. I can't run fast, far, any, like none of that. Also, running's not fun. I don't care. You'll never convince me that running's fun. Like, oh, you get a runner's high. You want to get high? Smoke some weed. Don't go for a run. Don't smoke weed, guys. Do it. I signed I signed Dare that Dare sheet a long time ago, and I took that shit seriously. Uh, for real, don't do drugs, legal or not. Don't do them. Don't do them. Straight at you till death. Oh, okay. Let's talk. Let's see. Let's see. Cars. We drove, we talked about that a little bit. Uh, this is from Reddit. Excessive color coordination looks stupid. Just go ride your bike. Never understood how someone can care about how someone else does something when it literally has no effect on them. Are we really whining about what someone chooses to wear while they ride? Okay. All right. I have an obsession with making my stuff look bad. Like I have a purple bike and then I'll put like, I don't know, a yellow sprocket on it and gold grips and then an orange bottle. And I just like when things look awful. Uh, I've got some jungle print on there. That's green. I've got Magura brakes. So those are yellow. I, it's like one of my favorite things is taking something that is a piece of art and making it look like a giant fart with me on it. Um, but I do agree. Why do we, why do we care what people wear while they ride? Why do we care about color coordination? Um, but I think people like it. I think it's their lifestyle and I think it's it's how they project themselves. And what I do think it makes people comfortable when they roll up to a trailhead that may be intimidating. So although I semi-agree that it looks stupid, that's what people I look stupid. I have jorts and a party shirt on. That's how I like I want to look dumb. Uh, but some people just really like it. And then Charlie said, this isn't a hot take, but I can't stand those knobs wear spandex road biking shit while mountain biking. Fucking lame ass banana in their bullshit shirt pouch. Thanks, Charlie. I won't even say your last name so you don't get pummeled on this, but uh, it is funny. I don't, I don't understand it, but it comes to comfort and that's what you want to wear. That's great. But we're not racing. We're not getting PRs. And like I, my favorite thing is like, okay, spandex person is usually not the fastest in the group. So like, how do we get here? How did we get to this point of like, this is what I'm going to wear today. But then again, I don't, I don't know. I don't care. I, why should I? Side of Mayo says rigid and single speed is the tally of mountain bike. I'm going to, I already told you, I'm going to put that right into the, into the hardtail category. Um, rigid single speed. I'm going to tip my hat to you. I don't understand you, but bless you. That is like something that I am not qualified to do, nor will I ever. E-bikes, I think if you, if, as long as the e-bike doesn't have a throttle, should be allowed on the trail. It's the whole point. Again, guys, it's mountain biking's for everyone. Uh, biking, cycling is for everyone. And if e-bikes are what gets that person out, I think that's great. I think it's, I think it's phenomenal. I don't think they should have throttles. There should be no assist, but pedal assist. And anyone who thinks that you're not getting a workout while on an e-bike, Go rent an e-bike and tell me you're not sweating and you're not tired. It's, 
I, I'm just jealous that I can't, I don't have one. Uh, I think it's the same thing as, you know, we had rim breaks and people were mad about rim breaks when everyone went to disc breaks and there was a bunch of people holding out and then eventually everyone had disc breaks. I think 80% of bikeless, cyclists, bikeless, cyclists will be on e-bikes in the next eight years. They're going to get lighter. They're going to get faster. They're going to get more efficient. And the trails are going to continue to get harder and built for e-bikes. And there'll be their holdouts. That's great. But like, do you take a chairlift when you go skiing and snowboarding? Because it gets you to the top. You don't hear everyone complaining about that. It, it It's just more seat time. If I can do 40 miles in two and a half hours versus 20, that's a victory to me. I don't know. Why are we goes back to caring what people wear why do we care as long as they're not ruining the trails we're educating these people i think that's what it all comes down to i think everyone's nervous that getting more people out on the trails is going to ruin the trails getting more people on the trails is only going to shed more light onto our trail systems and get more people riding them sure they'll be damaged but that's also more volunteers more people to help more people to make the trails better so i think we should just like get rid of the stigma invite everyone and continue to build badass trails. Oh, I could talk about our trail system all day here in Western New York, um, but I'm not going to. But any, here's my here's my take. If your trail system, if you're listening, in your trail system, and you're the head of a trail system, or you work with a trail system, this isn't about anyone specific. I I, I promise you that. But if you're not getting volunteers to come build trails, perhaps you're building the wrong trails. I'm going to say it again. If you're not getting volunteers to come help build trails, perhaps you're building the wrong trails. Trail systems need to evolve just as bikes have evolved. I want to tip my hat to every person involved with any bike association because it's a ton of work dealing with government officials and state officials to get clearance to clear trails and maintain trails. So thank you for that. But if we're building trails that no one wants to ride and you're not getting volunteers to help build the trails, maybe it's because the plan you proposed was not a good one. Just some food for thought. What else do we have here? I think it's cool to learn. I just wrote that in my notes. I'm just saying it out loud. And what I mean by that is like, I'm not a good mountain biker and I mountain bike a lot, but it's learning and it's getting better. And that's one of my favorite things. And as adults, we stop doing that. We're supposed to know everything or be good at everything. And I'm just kicking that out the window. No one cares that you suck. They want you to come riding. That's it. And they want you to progress and get better. You know, Know your limits without limiting yourself. Don't ride outside and above, you know, your your pay grade per se. But like learning is cool. So don't be afraid to learn. Don't be afraid to try new things. How often do you guys chain, like lube your chain? Because man, I don't do it enough. Um, and that's that's just a statement. I don't know how often we're supposed to do it. I did put a video out on how to properly lube your chain. It's on YouTube if you want to watch it. I do know how to do it. I just don't do it properly all the time. 
Leave your dog at home. Man, good dogs are rad, but bad dogs are bad. And I, you know, I, I love the idea of skiing with a dog or mountain biking with a dog, but I just, if it puts the dog in danger or yourself in danger or anyone else in danger, it's an interesting, uh, that that's a debate that could go on forever. I just think certain trailheads and trail systems should allow dogs and other ones shouldn't. And then you know what you're getting into. You know, I skied at Bluebird Backcountry and they allow dogs. And that's a really cool system because you can go backcountry skiing with your dog. That's rad. And I was expecting dogs because I knew that policy when I got there. I think leaving your dog at home is a harsh statement. I just think, um, I just think everyone should be a little just aware that it's not their dog. And not everyone has to love your dog. Um, what else? What else do you guys want to talk about? I think that's, I mean, that's a good, we chatted here, folks. We went, we went deep. Should I ask myself questions? I don't know. That seems kind of lame. Pizza or tacos? Tacos. Playlist or podcast? Depends how far I'm driving. If I'm driving far, I do podcasts. Pool or beach? Pool. Fruits or vegetables? Fruits. Text or call? Text. Comedy or horror? Horror. Waffle or pancake? Waffle. Groomers or pow? Pow. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Run or bike? Uh, I will never run, ever. Bike. Two-stroke or four-stroke? Two-stroke. Um, I think dropper seat posts are the biggest advancement mountain bikes have seen in the last 20 years. I think we're all sold on a lot of other things. Sure, you got to keep up with the Kardashians, but we don't need everything. Be nice to each other. What a simple concept. Be nice to people on the internet. You know, just giving a like or a comment is a really great thing to do. So continue to do that. Check out our reviews on outofpodcast.com. We're really pushing these. We've got a lot more. Care Less Do More is going to continue with Michelle Parker all summer. Uh, Out of Bounds with Adam Jabber, the flagship and the pursuit. The three staples that are going to be on this collective network forever and ever and ever. Um, just support us in those ways. It doesn't cost you a dollar. We've got some really cool swag coming out. That'll cost you a couple bucks. Keep on the lookout. Again, please slide into my DMs at Mr. Adam X. Um, tell me what you like, what you don't like about this episode, about any episodes, what you want to hear. Guest recommendations. Those are all important. Those, you know, I listen. We look at every single comment you guys send, good or bad. So don't be shy. Reach out. Go outside, touch grass, call your mom, tell your lover, call your friends, your family. You know, that friend you haven't talked to in three years, give him a call. Life is short. Love y'all. Late.